0: And sports to have to clear the
1: room. Stand up and walk now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at theringer.com and joining me in a small room that's not technically a studio, he's just cooking some eggs. It's Andy Greenwald!
0: Chris. So happy to be with you today here at this impromptu back alley Chinatown poker game.
1: <laughs> slash Did they take your phone before you came in, like Michael
0: Clayton? Michael Clayton's poker scenes are far classier than this 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 closet that we're recording in today. But it doesn't matter because the feelings between us are warm and the takes are hot. But Chris, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I just
1: feel like it's hard to record. Whenever today. you're at all late, you yeah. become so magnanimous, and you Chris, also just like pedal the bike so well, Chris. How can we
0: talk uh-huh. about pop culture today on the day civility died in America?
1: Oh no, you want to get into the, <laughs> the morning Joe takes? You want to do it?
0: Oh, is that what? no? The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I morning Joe's to... getting
1: ratioed. Wow,
0: yeah. it's like what's next for America?
1: I can we get some press box music playing over this, over these takes, Kaya?
0: <laughs> no, I don't really. I, I just want to say I'm so glad people are finally upset about something mm. politically in this country. And But two, obviously, you know, and Kaya, who's sitting very close to us, knows as well, <laughs> that I wish the Philadelphia Phillies were in the World Series uh-huh. and not the nation's leading purveyors of natitude. However... You mean it's the, not the just, Beltway
1: Swamp Dwellers? It's, yeah. not,
0: it's not just because that's our team and I, I wish them well. It's that, oh, I wish I wish the booing had happened <laughs> in Philadelphia on free battery night
1: at the old ball yard.
0: <laughs> Do you think you would fare about as well as Santa Claus? I think worse. Imagine Santa. Imagine Michael Irvin dressed as Santa Claus <laughs> by, by a factor of 100.
1: Uh, it's Monday. Andy and I, I guess, gonna, we're going to talk mostly about Watchmen episode two. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll go in all sorts of different directions. Before we get into that, and before we delve more into Donald Trump's Q rating at Major League Baseball and on you mean. Um, anything else going on? It felt like you were like, so you were editing all last week. Thursday we spoke, and you Oof. were just like, man, I'm trying to fix it in post. Yeah. How was the rest of your week,
0: weekend? Well, editing is a thing. Editing's hard. I um, was doing a lot of that. I'm trying to think what else happened. Oh, I went to an immersive play. Do we, should we make this the leading podcast for <laughs> lukewarm political takes and deep dives on Los Angeles alternative theater? Sure. I don't really have a take other than to say I was very proud of my coworker Eva Anderson, who wrote in, uh, this immersive theater piece called The Recital. And by immersive, K-town. does
1: it mean you're involved in it?
0: Well, yes. Yeah, so you you arrive and it's like it's called The Recital and it's like they're setting up for a recital. And then people in the crowd are wearing um, name tags mm-hmm. and they're actors, but they want to talk to
1: you. Oh, but not you, though.
0: No, no, no. I'm just allowed to have wine and snacks, which is why I was into this as a theater performance. Uh-huh. And then you talk to them you learn a little bit about the night and then it starts and then something goes wrong and then characters run into another room and you follow them and in each room there's things to interact with, including one room where a Nintendo 64 was set up. Oh, with, no way. they have with, Goldeneye? With Goldeneye. Yes! So you could sit down and then like a character, an actor just joined me and was playing head-to-head Goldeneye and the actor actually is Alan McLeod who, uh, who was on uh, You're the Worst.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to be like, and the actor is Joe Pesci.
0: The actor was Joe Pesci, <laughs> who is so excited to be out of
1: retirement. He's working. Yeah, so it's just a normal <laughs> like, Joe Pesci is just becoming a Twitch streamer of N sixty four games. Twitch is the video game one, right? It's the one where you can just like show yourself playing video games. For, like, show hours. yourself. Ooh, we just got a little air conditioning in here. Great.
0: Uh, that was what. But I, I feel like I'm, I'm.
1: Well, I spent my entire week in watching TV, but TV that's wow. not on yet. So I, I basically. It's very yeah. rare that my wife and I like have the cycles of the of the moon line up, so that we want to do the exact same thing over the exact same spread of time. Right, of course. Because usually it's like one of us wants to go out, one of us wants to get stuff done. Right. She's really not into my driving recently. Have I told you about this? Uh, n- like we're we're like about to be on bird scooters separately soon. What's going on? She just I think because my car is wider than she likes. It's a, it's a pretty wide Honda.
0: Right. You just she kind got a wide-bodied...
1: She gets very disoriented she's, and, like, thinks that we're always about to hit something. But wait, this is when she's driving or you're driving? I'm driving. Yeah, she you're, also thinks that I'm not always paying attention to the road and that I'm too concerned with, like, what I'm listening to.
0: Well, of course, you got to set the mood.
1: <laughs> I mean, you got to do this it. Is,
0: this, is, this has been...
1: It has I been, had to get it on! This has been ever
0: thus <laughs> yeah. since, like, the 90s.
1: Yeah, but back then, it was, like... I have this tape or this tape. Uh, okay. And then the, and then you had your CDs and you could skip tracks or whatever. But now, you know, you got a lot of Spotify playlists you can you can switch around to, or serious or podcasts. And I think she you, got a, lot, you that, got a lot of options. Yeah. So like we'll be driving along and she's just like watch 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 and it's like I honestly can chew gum and walk at the same time. Like I got it. I can see it's turning yellow.
0: Are you chewing gum also?
1: <laughs> I mean. So we we basically are. We've had a couple of weeks now where it's like, do we really want to go do this because it involves me driving?
0: Can I just jump in to say, because Kaya's sitting at the table with us, I'm just thinking that she's typing notes like Andy asks Chris if he can chew gum.
1: <laughs> this is then being forwarded
0: to midroll for like advertiser interest. That's right. This is great stuff.
1: We would get a lot of gum interest. This is,
0: <laughs> Kaya, this is this is Kaya's job right now.
1: I would I wouldn't mind being involved. We're gonna get to Watchmen, but I want my dream sponsor for this podcast? Mm-hmm. Big League Chew. What was up? Big League Last Chew. week, no free ads. This week, you're out here begging. Here's the thing. And then I promise to do the entire podcast with a wad of Big League Chew in my mouth. Okay. Which would probably, what's the thing that people hate when like your voice triggers something in them? What's the thing that people hate? It's like a, it's an actual phobia, but it's like, oh, your voice triggers my blank. Yeah. I, I know that <laughs> feeling. I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> Your voice triggers my claustrophobia? Triggers anyway, my I, so my wife rage. and I, were, we had a very long, lazy weekend, and I watched three morning shows.
0: But I, I'm sorry, I just want to connect point A to point F here. You had a long, lazy weekend at home because you both decided you didn't want to drive your wide-assed car?
1: Yes, but I was like, I'm okay with that.
0: Okay. You, you know, usually I'm home.
1: like, let me be free. I want to, like, roam the streets. I want right. to like, cruise, you know? Like, I do. like, you know, a um, uh, diner, or American graffiti, rather. Yeah. Uh, this time I was finally home, so I watched three morning shows. Wow.
0: Getting getting torched this morning by the Two critics. Two for
1: all mankinds. Oh, cool. The Watchmen.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and a show called High Fidelity, which is coming out on Hulu next year. This, is so, this was
0: so—guys, this is how much the tables have turned here. Mm-hmm. When this podcast began— I know. It was a partnership between dedicated yeoman television critic— and just you know, sort of, sort of fun-loving sports, guy on the street, sports blogger. Yeah,
1: Joe, Joe, sports blogger.
0: Now we're at a point where Saturday night, I fire up looking for Alaska. Only two to nine weeks late.
1: Yeah, but this is like a normal person's schedule.
0: <sighs> Boy, that hurt. That triggers something in me. A normal, anyway. So watching Looking for Alaska, and I, you know, enjoyed it very much. And I, of course, had to text my main Saturday night man, Chris, just to be like, <laughs> "Was that?" was that fucking pinback that I heard yeah. early in yeah, the episode. Yeah. And Chris is like, can't talk now watching a 2020 heat ride
1: <laughs> That's not what I said. I didn't say can't talk now. I just said that high fidelity is going to be a thing. High
0: fidelity writer's room across the hall yeah. from the prior patch. And it's
1: room. a, obviously, it's a television uh, reimagining <laughs> or reboot of of the John Cusack movie from the 90s. Yeah. And obviously sure. the Nick Hornby novel from the 80s. Mm-hmm. 90s, Nick Hornby's novels in the 90s. I think we're all about a decade off now. Yeah, so I think you think,
0: that was the 90s, and the movie came out like in 2000.
1: Okay, so the, correct my math there. But anyway, this is 2020 we're talking about, and Zoe Kravitz Shh. in the role that John Cusack popularized.
0: Zoe Kravitz, strong presence in the High Fidelity writers' room. This is this is what what normal person could and you, you know these what takes.
1: You can tell because she's really she. It, it was something that was really interesting watching Morning Show and High Fidelity. I'm not going to give away anything about either yet.
0: I feel like the cat's out of the bag on one. But of it's them. just
1: really it was really interesting to watch star power and yeah. what stars can do with certain levels of material. Yeah, um, I'm.
0: I'm very curious now. Are you going
1: to? Am I? I guess I'm allowed to talk about morning show.
0: The embargo is lifted.
1: I will watch every episode. Okay. I don't know how. I don't think that it is very good. But I will. It is. It is one of the most compelling shows I've come across in a long time
0: because of the sheer. A peak of like it existing,
1: yeah, like yeah, like what, a, like what a flex! Did they just drop a bill on this? Yeah, yeah. We're like, I think they bought an apartment for Jennifer Aniston's character. I was trying to think, <laughs> like I'm serious. They probably in did. like the Time Warner Center. One thing
0: here's my here's my early. I got three three things about morning show which I haven't seen because, as previously mentioned, just a regular guy out here now on these streets. One. Uh, interesting that all the lead female characters have man's names traditionally male names right Alex Alex and Bradley Alex and Bradley just a couple of Alex's and Bradley's and let me Twitter tell you something podcast. if
1: you were wondering if Reese Witherspoon says her own name a lot she does yeah I love it she does she says I'm Bradley Jackson woo <laughs> look at that Yeah,
0: I like that um, two I was trying to think of a this show has Billy Cruda mm-hmm. who we love yes Mark Duplass friend of the pod yeah those guys are at least half of a Mount Rushmore of those guys. Like, who are guys who you are just like, "Hey, happy to see you."
1: Oh, John Gallagher Jr.
0: Right? Possibly. Yeah. I was thinking a little older. I was thinking like Ron Livingston. Maybe that's the oh, Rushmore yeah. right there. I'm, like, I'm... hey, look at these guys with chins. Happy to Kyle, see you. Ch- Kyle Chandler. Well, he's in a different. He's in a league of his own. I'm just talking about guys who.
1: See, we think that, but Kyle Chandler and John Hamm are now like pretty. Pretty happy to be like the fourth dude who walks into the CIA office and says, "You don't know anything about Pakistan." You know,
0: <laughs> they are. <laughs> well, the, they like the paychecks for that.
1: Yeah, I just
0: mean like guys, but they've also because so in
1: their spare time they're doing Hamlet. They've led their own things, <laughs> yeah.
0: is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, John Hams Hamlet. I was thinking. Oh my god, I was I was I, I was thinking a lot about the um, our old friend Sam Donsky's tweet about how. Doolittle, Mm -hmm. the new Dr. Doolittle film that Robert Downey Jr. is doing, is one for him.
1: (laughs) I just think this dude
0: had a decade, a decade of making Avengers movies, and he's like, finally, I'm free. Yeah. Fire up the talking animal machine.
1: (laughs) The one thing I will say kind of unites all the Apple shows that I've seen so far is a very, very, very palpable sense of sincerity. Well, that's what they wanted, and, right? And not, was... I wouldn't even say self-seriousness, although I think in the case of For All Man Kind and Morning Show, they are very, very serious about what those shows are about. People talk about journalism and space travel a lot. Yeah. And they're like, these are important endeavors.
0: Those are your twin passions. It's, it's true. It <laughs> actually is right. Yeah, I wish
1: I was an astronaut journalist. <laughs> its I'm neither, though. <laughs> it's not too far off the mark. Um, let's get into Watchmen. Okay. Um so episode 2 after a pilot that I think was like pretty much roundly like praised as as you know one of the best pilots people had seen in a really long time did an incredible job teasing and also setting things up at a very breakneck pace with an incredible score moves along was at the talk of Twitter last Sunday night. I thought I thought it actually had like a lot of action around it on- online. It was mm-hmm. pretty interesting to see people weighing in and then uh, interesting phone call from my mother this morning. Oh. does What she always does Kite, at this time this of year. This is Where important. she says, are you on fire? Like, yeah. has the fire reached you yet? Because she doesn't understand Los Angeles geography, so she just calls every time she hears about a fire in California. That's my in-laws do that as well. And what's going on on the Watchmen? I love it, but I don't understand it. Wow. So. Should she call into the pod? I think that you and I are actually dealing with this in an interesting way because we're coming from a, we understand a lot of what's going on, mm-hmm. right? And when we see for instance, and this will have spoilers for episode two. When we see, uh, you know, Ozymandias' play at the end, mm-hmm. we know what that play is about. We know that it's about the John, the Doctor Manhattan origin story.
0: Yeah, I wanted to. I, I that's I wanted to go there as well, which yeah. is to say that you know, I know some people tune into this podcast for the fire takes on wide assed Hondas, but
1: <laughs> also for we know. really going back to two thousand 11 podcasting <laughs> where posts opened <laughs> with 20 minutes of absolute bullshit. Uh, listen, before they were like, last night, Manchester United play Liverpool. Right where
0: you know. What I'm saying is I think some people do, even if they don't admit it, like the insight into the, you know, the, the fascinating lives of aging white men. And I think that, I know Kaya. Kaya's riveted. Kaya's <laughs> loving this. And I think that, you know, when you're younger— and you're, you know, newlyweds. You know, maybe their sparks can come in from different, from different directions. Are we talking know. about my driving again. No, it's coming back. To, it's coming back all the way around. You know, maybe when you're younger, you you do stunts like Dude from Walking Dead and Love Actually with the with the cards. Mm-hmm. Like you do things to to really yeah spark the passions again and and the heartstrings. And I would say that a really cool move a decade into marriage <laughs> is to sit on the couch in sweatpants and explain the origin story of <laughs> Doctor Manhattan to your spouse. <laughs> like after you've seen Jeremy Irons reenacted as a stage play with i want to say clones or <laughs> robots. robots or yeah, whatever. Robots. Oh,
1: well, that, I don't know actually, but I think I'm pretty sure they're robots.
0: Well, regardless, fellas, <laughs> take my advice. <laughs> that that just slays in the romance department. How
1: how did your wife feel about the second episode of the Watchmen?
0: Imagine turning to your wife after that and saying, "Well, no, that really happened." <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the layers, <laughs> the layers of lameness that you have to kind of unpack. Yeah, to get to that. Um, oh, so well. In terms of spouse corner, uh, she said, "I wish that had been the pilot. That was great." the, fir- about the, the second, second episode. episode, she wished yeah. that had been the first. So I, I cut you off. You were you were. Let's let's go back to your mom, and then we'll talk. No, about no, no. My no. Wife. I was just
1: saying that it it's hard to view. I think a lot of people are gonna have a lot of different takes on Watchmen, not because they think this makes sense or not because they think certain things totally work or don't. Work, right. But because they're literally dealing with fewer cards if they don't know the story. And I think Damon knows that that's going to happen. Yeah. I think he said he was pretty explicit about, look, if you didn't read Watchmen, will you understand that? Like, will you enjoy this? I hope so. Yeah. But I, d- I do think that there are a lot of things from the squids to the play to who the Jeremy uh, Irons a hood, is playing. did
0: justice. Yes. The whole Yeah. Right. The show within the show.
1: That, Makes a lot more sense if you if you've got some familiarity with the the Alan Moore comic, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, that said, I think that the, you know, in, in sort of as a a piece of the conversation we had a few weeks ago before it debuted, why now is an okay time or even a great time for the show is because I do think audiences are trained to enjoy confusion and wonder and mm-hmm. spectacle. The Jeremy Irons scene is certainly intriguing. If you don't have a, you know, a romantic protagonist on the couch next to you to explain it in loving terms. I think second episodes are fascinating. Mm. Second episodes in general are much like second albums, you know, in the sense that you have so much time to make your opening statement. And your opening statement— has to take a lot of different boxes in terms of appealing to as wide an audience as possible, but also serving as a mission statement Mm -hmm. and also laying track for what you want to be. And and And,
1: in many cases, to convince the network to let you make the show.
0: And to convince the audience to keep watching it, right? And um, sometimes you also have a much higher budget for a pilot, you know, and many more, uh, just more resources available to you. Um, You know, Watchmen, HBO generally... Damon could have gotten a series order, but I think he's talked pretty publicly about how he prefers the pilot process mm. um, for those reasons, in terms of being able to sit back and tweak and consider it. But I don't know if there was ever any... I mean, he can tell us when he comes on the podcast if there was ever any real <laughs> Why question. would he
1: not want to in this this room? I mean, this, this is so awesome. This is,
0: this, I mean, there's a disused golden tea machine <laughs> within arm's reach. I cannot paint a more grim picture. Also, there's a phone here, just in case you want to take calls. I
1: um, <laughs> want to call my mom.
0: Anyway, I... Uh, But anyway, the second episode in, you know, historically people say, well, it's just a rewrite of the pilot, you know, sort of do the same thing, but do it quieter Mm -hmm. um, as you sort of figure out what a show is in series. I would actually say that, that the second episode of Watchmen, one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much is that it, and I think probably my wife did too, is because it was a little bit quieter. Because the pilot, for reasons both commercial and also, you know, in terms of just... Having it was literally starting with a bang, had bigger action sequences. Yeah. It had noisier moments. This episode wasn't exactly quiet. I mean, the
1: there was, was the white night. We got to see a little bit of the white night with Angela. Yeah, and,
0: and the Hooded Justice thing was quite violent. Yeah, but it did delve a little bit more into the TikTok of the world. For the people
1: who don't know, can and you can you do a
0: quick Hooded hood Justice? Well, just to say that the, the one of the main things that, that Watchmen comic book did and did so well is it was this sort of savage interrogation of the eras of superheroes. Yeah. And there were the the sort of the Golden Age heroes, the World War II era heroes, of which I believe of Justice was one of them, the original Watchmen, and then the creation of Dr. Manhattan, which, you know— Come by my house on Sunday nights and you'll get the full download, <laughs> baby. Um, the only truly, quote-unquote, super-powered person in this universe. Everyone else is either the world's smartest man, like Ozymandias is Jeremy Irons' mm. character, or sort of, you know, Batman-y types like right. Rorschach, like people who just really good at fighting or have some tech or whatever. Right. Um, who put on suits and masks and why do they do that? But one of the interesting things about Watchmen is what happens to that world both as history changes and expectations and stakes change, but also as someone who actually is nuclear-powered and doesn't need to be a superhero emerges among them. And so in the early days of The Watchmen, there are these smiling pictures in the book of, like, the comedian and Rorschach and Dr. Manhattan and better times. And then Dr. Manhattan basically becomes a tool of the U.S. government and ends the Vietnam War and then gets tired of humanity and goes and lives in space. Yes. Um, While well, the sort of inherent you could say fascism or you could say sociopathy or, or uh, whatever of the other characters comes more and more into focus
1: right like the comedian and stuff like that
0: right exactly like who who were these people through the different eras especially as they were heading towards the the quote unquote grim and gritty 80s mm-hmm. so last week when we were talking about Watchmen. i was wondering whether damon was going to be doing the meta stuff about the medium that mm-hmm. the comic book did which he seems
1: to be doing with this show with this
0: tv show within the show and 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 i know people on twitter probably the facebook group were on me about that that was there in the pilot and i wasn't really appreciating it appreciating it or noticing it in the context of that yeah that right. argument right so
1: did people in facebook really get on you about that i
0: well you know you know how i feel about facebook in general
1: but you love to get into the you love to lurk on the group i will lurk on that group yeah I like to go in once a month and say looking for Alaska is good in the 13th comment of a thread and then never, and then that could not come back. That was, that was pretty cool.
0: (laughs) I I, I respected that. Um, Anyway, I'm all over the place. But just to say that I I really liked the slightly quieter, more focused tone of the second episode. And, you know, I, I, again, I just, I really, I'm really admiring the show. Yeah. Yeah. the thought and care that went into every decision that was laid down in the pilot, whose children these are. I mean, obviously, they are they are Angela's children. Uh-huh. She has adopted these children, but that they were her partner's children, uh, as we learn in the backstory, that, that just as a judicious use, use of flashbacks, but also a judicious use of sort of big brain, national history. That's what I wanted history. to talk to you
1: about.
0: And it all is in the service of these quieter moments where... Louis Gossett Jr.'s character, who we now learn is Angela's grandfather,
1: and his name Will.
0: And his name Will was also an
1: Oklahoma character name, just for what it's worth. And was
0: the boy from the opening of the pilot. Doesn't seem to be able to walk. Seems implausible that he lifted the two hundred pound Don Johnson high into the air. Mm -hmm. But quietly in the background is drinking scalding coffee and reaching into a boiling (laughs) pot of water to eat an egg. (laughs) I love those moments, and I love the I love the collision between the giant, crazy, alt present ideas. And the tiny moment where you see him reach into a pot of water and it doesn't matter yet, but it probably will.
1: Yeah, I think that in some ways this ep- this episode, the second episode was riskier than the first in some. Because mm-hmm. it's risky to do the Henry Louis Gates DNA analysis scene. Yeah. Because you got you to gotta really like sell that as a thing that... Is pretty standard in that in that reality that she would know that's where I take DNA to be checked against the the Black Wall Street massacre. Yeah, that's a information download. It's essentially if you didn't look up Black Wall Street in between episode one and episode two, mm-hmm. that's your your information about it. What was fascinating is thinking about what would happen if if this was a show in streaming, mm-hmm. if people were able to start the second episode right away, that would have been made more sense. But I think people did get the chance to sort of read about that tragedy. Over the course of the week, in between, and then you know you get into s- certain situations where I thought that the uh, obviously the Greenwood, the the sort of the DNA Center, and then there was another one that was I thinking of that was like, oh, this is pretty this is pretty complicated for them to be introducing. I think they get more into red fortations, yeah, you know, and that idea that there is this reparations that are being paid out, and that that there's some that there there's protests about it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That you basically have to pull those off. Those are like. In another context, those would be like one-liners or jokes. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Is the pretty somber experience of, you know, Barry or taking Don Johnson's character down from the tree. Yeah. But still having Red Scare walking around with his sort of silly mask and his, you know, his yes. Russian accent. And being very comic booky, And the collision of all those, like, different sensibilities of comic book, of prestige drama, of all these different things. And of also huge information dumps. And to be able to pull that off and still make a relatively entertaining, a very entertaining episode is a real tight roadblock.
0: Yeah, and I think it's another sign that, well, you know, I think Damon will get a lot of credit, rightly so, for rebooting, updating, taking big ideas and putting them through this filter of of pre-existing property. There's other stuff that he's taking from the comic book that I feel like was just sitting there for 30 years of— post-Watchmen comic book adaptations to do, but never really did. And one of the most memorable things of the comic book is the character of Rorschach, who obviously inspired the mm-hmm. cavalry on the show, lifting his mask to eat cans of beans constantly. <laughs> yeah. And he's kind of gross. Yeah. And now we have Looking Glass just asking for for a snack in Angela's car and lifting his mask and just popping cashews while he's talking. That's right. And it's like, the, it, it's the the mundanity uh-huh. of it. You just, putting something over your face makes you, in this world, a super or something, right? Putting a mask on, but you still have to eat. You still have to snack. Yeah, there's probably a gross mustache or a couple of days worth of beard under there. No,
1: it's like the the best part about like Ocean's Eleven is the fact that those guys are always eating. That those guys are always like, you know, they're already they're always living life while they're also doing a heist, and that's what's it's a nice touch for them to bring that into this show.
0: And for as much as we give credit, and we certainly do on this podcast for the Marvel movies for you know allowing the characters to poke fun at the silliness of their situation mm-hmm. sometimes, to crack wise, to be self-aware, um, they still look fucking great all the time in their special suits. Yes. You know what I mean? There, yeah. There is no... Um, there's never that drop of blood on the comedian smile that, that marked the comic book or the drop of blood on the uh, sheriff's badge that marked this episode. Uh, it, they don't get... They don't get weird and they don't get dirty, mm-hmm. right? And so that core idea, that that is still somehow um, radical in the world of, of superhero stories, is such. A, it's a small thing to take and to build on, but it's a crucial one, I think, to understanding both what the project is here with Watchmen, but also why it feels exciting.
1: I want to ask you about this idea of the breadcrumb trail. Mm-hmm. Because obviously with the Ozymandias stuff and... In the first episode, you can see that the butler and the maid, there's something a little bit off with them. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we find out that they are copies, robots, clones, whatever. What's, how did, how, can you talk to me a little bit? Because you're also somebody who's obviously, there's a mystery element to your show. Uh Um, So how do you decide, and how do you think Damon goes about deciding how to pace out those? Breadcrumbs and the reveals along the way, and I'm speaking specifically about the two episode sort of like you thought there was something weird. Yeah. Now you can see there is something weird. There's something odd. This Louis Gossett Jr. Jr. Will character claims to have basically hung a 200 pound mm-hmm. sheriff who lived through the White Night. Mm-hmm. Now we've got him being yanked out of this off the ground with a magnet. Friends in high places. Exactly. So parceling those things out because I think that. When you see, when I saw those clones, the first thing, obviously, that jumped into my mind was uh, Westworld. Mm-hmm. And I, I started remembering how, especially in the first season of Westworld, how laborious the reveal, like the teasing and reveal process was. Right. And how it basically subsumed the entire show. Mm-hmm. So that the whole thing was puzzling out where this was happening, when this was happening, how this was happening, why this was happening. Well, I
0: think it's fair to say, and again, we'll let him speak for himself on this in the next few weeks, but I think it's fair to say that that Damon above, you know, more than most writers or TV writer producers feels this keenly and obsesses over it. You know, obviously the experience with Lost was one where because of the nature of the show where... Uh, the network wanted more and more and more and more and more. And the idea then, 10 years ago, of setting an end date, giving them boundaries to tell a story was so foreign for broadcast television that he, f- I think he feels very keenly the, the, the challenge of stringing people along. You know, they're, they're, it's funny, and this was my experience too, you don't want to hide the ball. You don't want to trick anyone when you're telling a story like this, ever. But by nature, there is an element of gamesmanship to mm-hmm. it, of holding some things back and giving some things away audiences don't really want everything i mean part of the fun of of a serialized storytelling is the speculation is the mysteries the surprise is having things parceled out to you right but but it's very very delicate balance and a delicate relationship to maintain because if you withhold too much people get very upset about it yeah. and if you give too much away then why would you keep watching
1: well there's also a, a tension between there being a reason for why you don't know something
0: Right. So dramatically, I think emotionally.
1: In Will, in the case of the Will character and Angela character, we know as much about Will as Angela does, and that really works. Mm-hmm. Right. With the Ozymandias stuff, it's just what they decide to show us mm-hmm. because we don't have an Avatar character there with us. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess theoretically, Jeremy Irons is our POV character, so he's not explaining what's happening with these people. We're right. just seeing it. But there isn't an, an, there is no inquisition into what's going on, and I always noted that with Westworld is that even though the Jimmy, uh, the Jimmy Simpson character was kind of our audience avatar, mm-hmm. he had so much weird shit in his background of where he was coming from, and he was a mystery in a lot of ways. That uh, it was really more about like this elaborate almost prank it, that they were playing on us to get to the reveal about him.
0: Well, I also think, um, and not to beat up unfairly. No, I know. No. Westworld unfairly. Yeah. I've done that before. And not to set up a, a dynamic between two HBO shows, um, but for me, the central problem with, if you're going to use the Jimmy Simpson's character and Jimmy Simpson's character in the first season of Westworld as an example, is that I, normal guy audience member that mm-hmm. I am, uh, I don't care about him. Right. There's nothing about him that I find particularly interesting or compelling. So to travel with him through a mystery feels inert. Yeah, I don't feel emotionally in- invested in it because I don't know who he is. I don't know why I should care. And I have no sense of the stakes of his journey. Whereas, you know, very skillfully, in two hours of Watchmen, we know a lot about Angela.
1: Oh, you deeply care about her. And yeah. we
0: care about her. We know her emotionally. We know her professionally. We know something about her history. And we can tell... Where she stands in relation to the larger forces at work, and think about how are, many different
1: contexts we've seen her already. That, that's right. And intimate so it, with her, with her husband, as a mother, mm-hmm. as a, as a sort of teacher in that classroom situation, as a superhero vigilante, yeah, and also somewhat as a police officer.
0: The world has the world that we are being asked to understand and invest in, ha- and invest in has impacted her mm-hmm. in ways that we have seen and we understand. Whether it is. Where, where you know, as of episode two, where she falls with this, the Redford Asians and the history of this place or squids falling from the sky and how right. she reacts to that. Right. Because of that, I am invested in her. And then the mystery is the path. The mystery is the road. Yes. That you're going down. You know, I, and then to your, to the other point of your question, trying to, to break and parcel out a mystery over 10 hours of TV is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's just, Tell it's me just it. incredibly, incredibly, <laughs> incredibly hard. Right. For any number of reasons, one of which is it's very hard to remember what you know and what other people don't know yet. It's very hard um, to remember this piece of information that I've known for whether it's something that I took from the book that I read 15 years ago or whether it's something that I came up with two years before I got the series order or mm-hmm. whether it's something we came up with in the room in January and now it's May. This is exciting for an audience, this will be a big reveal because generally there's so much work to do and so many things moving that you're just trying to keep it keep it moving so to 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 appreciate not just the mystery as a whole but each piece of it and how it will land and register with audiences like this is a cool moment let's yeah. carve this out let's appreciate this let's 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 celebrate it knowing what we know which is the beginning and the end of it uh, i found that to be extremely challenging too but i think always and I, and, and this is what I think, made the the last two seasons, The Leftovers, so incredible and also a great uh, precursor to, to to Watchmen was the fact that the larger mysteries of the world were enormous and thought-provoking and exciting um, story-wise, but it was always on a smaller level. Yeah. The lens was always focused on characters whose emotional reactions to insanity we could track. Um, and that in itself is quite different from the Watchmen comic, which had different Perspectives. There's a running thing throughout all twelve issues about the little boy at the newsstand with the guy, you know, reading comic books, and he's reading this pirate comic book that has a, that's a story within a story. But our POV character for a lot of it is uh, Rorschach, yeah, and then Night Owl, and so we're coming in. Superheroes aren't gods, but that's something that Alan Moore would probably <laughs> want to argue with me about. Coming in at kind of a godlike level, right? Whereas this show. The idea of super heroism is on such a granular, low-to-the-ground level. I mean, it's cops sure. at this point. It is a significant tweak from the story, but one that is reaping big dividends. And also, is honestly, is a lot more TV than movies. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, the yeah. Watch... We this
1: can... feels a lot more like, actually, old-school TV than Leftovers did. Mm-hmm. Like, this has... Mo- the the pacing feels a lot more like, almost, Lost does than it does, like, Leftovers. Mm-hmm. Um Any other thoughts on this before we get going? I also wanted to see if you wanted to drop any Looking for Alaska takes early on.
0: Early on in the... How many did you watch? Wait, let's finish Watchmen. I want to know, what about this world are you excited about visiting? Which areas of the show are you most intrigued by at this moment?
1: I think that she... I think that we're about to get a lot of what happened to this country in between Tulsa, the Tulsa massacre, and... Now, mm-hmm. I think we're about to get it filled in a little bit more. And so the first sort of hint towards that is the KKK uniform mm-hmm. in Don Johnson's character's closet. And I think that we're slowly going to find out like what happened in between the Black Wall Street Massacre and today, with presumably the Watchmen happening, the original comic happening mm-hmm. in the middle, right? And um, I think that that will be fascinating to see how he does that while also maintaining the actual story and mystery of this show. But yeah, pretty much anything Angela I'm interested in. That's the thing that's really driving me. I'm obviously fascinated by the Jeremy Irons thing. I wonder how many episodes he can do where it's just him kind of running through a very, very small action Mm -hmm. with those people in his mansion.
0: Well, also, the the thing about that that is definitely kind of a dog whistle to fans of the comic book, is that the comic book, there's a lot going on, but the central, one of the central spines of it is, and I can say there are multiple spines because it's a squid-based entertainment, <laughs> is that Ozymandias is plotting something. It's all a plot.
1: Yes. Do you want to explain briefly what he does at the end? <laughs> it's I, I, I can't do it justice
0: because it's so crazy, but the idea is he...
1: Opens up a dimension, Well, right? he fakes it. Okay.
0: But drops, there's a giant multidimensional squid attack on Manhattan that kills three million people but ends the Cold War. Okay. And he's one of those, you know, galaxy brain thinkers who's just like, this cost is worth the other thing. Right. So I'm going to do this and everyone will thank me. <laughs> so is this television show, which is much more interested in, you know, the, the racial history mm-hmm. and racial violence of, of the United the, States—, of the United yeah. States also, teasing a global comic book movie finale style event. Mm-hmm. It, what is going on with this? You know, there's there's been newspaper clippings in the background and stuff online about how Ozymandias is dead right. in this world, but right. yet he's doing something with theater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all?
0: In Wales, I think we all are. So I think. Immersive I, theater, maybe. I, whether those things. <laughs> the Last
1: Frontier. Collied,
0: it's that's, that's really what I'm going to rededicate this pod to. Um, it's pretty interesting. So. Uh, Looking for Alaska, just, boy, are they good at this stuff. You know, it's kind of fun to see for all the things that we, uh, all, all the different ways we discuss what streaming television has done and the opportunities for Storytelling, it's also the kind of thing where you can just do something that you're really good at and do it sure. and do just it.
1: Drop the Jose Gonzalez and have two kids see each other for the first and time, do it well. Yeah. I mean,
0: and and I, you know, I, I know you had a long talk with Josh and Stephanie last week, but they just know how to do it, and it's it, it's it's soundtrack, certainly, it's casting is almost everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the show was beautifully directed by Sarah Dina Smith, mm-hmm. and it's just. It, it, it's a sign of the ridiculous riches we have right now that, like, this is that you can have people working in their particular fields, and there's no, there's nothing. One of the other things about it that's so great, in in keeping with our larger tradition, not our, not our larger tradition, our larger conversation about why now for these shows is that n- nobody bothered them. I know. You, know, you, you can tell that yeah. they were like,
1: they were allowed to make the show they wanted. We're going
0: to make. Gonna communicate something to you, studio, and streaming service but also to the audience that this book matters to a lot of people we understand why it matters and we are going to just give you that raw uncut rush of what's good about it that raw
1: uncut green yeah yeah Uh, we gotta wrap it up Andy and I will be back on Thursday thanks for listening we'll keep talking about Watchmen throughout the season I am sure thanks to Kaya thanks Thanks, to the charm of this little room
0: Kaya's sitting at the table Kaya a seat at the table (laughs) no microphone today but we'll work on that
1: talk to you Thursday Great job, Bransky